Hey, you are now in boss mode. I'm Fergus. I'm Azim. And you're listening to everything you're going to need to listen to, basically, about computer games, films, TV, you name it. And it's an important episode. Once again, we thought we'd slip one in just before our best stuff comes out. <laughs> um, uh, it's been an eventful summer. Yeah, um, definitely. For, for you in life and for me in computer games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's, let's get personal and political, yeah? How was your yeah. summer? It was good. It was good. Um, I spent a lot of time with uh, my wife. Yay! My, my new wife. And, um, and yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. I had a good, had a good wedding, had a good uh, honeymoon. I'm back at it now, I guess. That's but real life. I, I still haven't gotten, I still haven't started playing games yet. Like, there's, um, like there's a lot of summer lull, and mm. I thought I would catch up on a few games that I have. But mm. I didn't get the chance to. Well, what, what were you looking at playing? Um, well, I really wanted to finish. I spoke about it in a previous podcast, Hollow Knight. Okay, yeah. Uh, but I never got round to playing it. Although games have started to come out now. Mm. Um, I did actually also jump into. I got I got a PS4 Pro for my birthday. Yeah. And I did get a chance to jump into Horizon Zero Dawn in 4K. Right. Uh, which it was pretty nice but I think I feel like the screen is quite busy so mm. you know but it, it, it was nice it was nice to play it there's a lot going on everything in that game is very designed there's a lot of stuff everywhere in that game so going yeah. to 4k yeah it's, I, I imagine it's a lot more business yeah it gives you an option to do either 4k at I think 30 fps or like 1080p at 60 fps right okay um, yeah. I still haven't decided which one I prefer mm. Um, but but, you know like PS4 Pro in general is pretty cool yeah Um, have we got have we got a release date on Horizon Zero Dawn's DLC I'm not entirely sure this year we're looking at 2017 I think it's this year cool I have I I feel like it is but it might be early next year I can't wait to do more of that game I started a a, uh, they released an update um Partly, I think that opens up a, a bit of the map to to to, to facilitate the DLC storyline. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's a little thing, but the main thing it does actually is oh, and a lot of um, inventory stuff is is a lot clearer now. But um, uh, the the main thing it seems to do is add a, an ultra hard mode okay. to the game. So I started that, um, and it's really interesting because actually I, I got up to the proving really easily. Yeah. Because um, there's not a huge amount to do or to kill apart from watchers at that point. Is when you get out into the real, it's it's insanely hard. But they've also re released, they released with that update, new game plus, which they hadn't had before. Okay. So while you can play this ultra hard mode, you can do it wearing that crazy good armor you found on your first playthrough and right. with all the upgraded weapons. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's, it's it had a whole new lease of life for me briefly, uh, and I've still not seen it in 4K. Um, but yeah, yeah, I still love that game. I, I, unlike you, I've had a lot of games this summer. I've been playing a lot yeah. of games, but they've all been games that are like between two and five years old. Because okay. what's been happening? It's just being a PlayStation Plus member. Yeah, it's going to sound like an ad for PlayStation Plus, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> they give away a couple of free downloadable games yeah. each month, and they've actually been games I would have played if I'd been given them. And now I have. So. I mean, honestly, I've had PlayStation Plus for a, a long time, and some like I've got some really, really good games out of yeah. it. Um, I first started playing Rocket League. 
right. on that because they gave that out for free. Really, really they must soon. Regret that now. Like <laughs> really soon after it came out, they gave it away for free, and, and Rocket League is like I've got a hundred hours in it. Right. So <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a. <clears throat> I guess they must have released it not knowing it was going to be a cult success. I mean, and that it was. It, 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 I feel success. like it was already doing quite well. Okay. So I really don't understand the business aspect of it. No. Because um, at that point, it had already been out on PC for mm. a while. And, you know, it sold really, really well. Right. But now they're trying to release it on everything. It's coming to the Switch now as well. Uh, which is good, I guess. Because it's a really good game. Anyway, okay. sorry. No, that's great. PS Plus. Well, is it, is it going to be compatible? Is it like, can you play? Um, I feel like there is some cross-region play. I can't rem- Not cross-region. Cross-console play. Mm. I feel like the PS4 doesn't do that though. Oh, okay. I feel like the PS4 is the only one that doesn't. I feel like Xbox, PC, and Switch will be cross compatible. Right. It's just PS4. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, well, I mean, July was really good because I got to play Until Dawn. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a horror movie fan. Yeah. Um, and Until Dawn is. Uh, I guess it's kind of like Heavy Rain. There's a little more control to it than that, but it's a lot of QTEs, basically, a lot of button pressing at the right time and okay. a lot of moral and conversational choices throughout the whole thing. Um, it, you're, yeah, you're playing eight different characters and just trying to get them all to survive this night in a cabin in the woods. Um, I'd be terrible at that. When I played Heavy Rain, everyone died. Well, being being a, a trophy perf- perfectionist and seeing that the way of getting the platinum trophy for until dawn, all you have to do is play one playthrough where everyone lives and one where everyone dies. Okay. It's, it's actually quite hard to get them all to die. Like there's one last guy who's actually quite hard to kill. You've got to do some really stupid stuff to, <laughs> to kill all of them. That must be quite really fun though. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I, yeah, I... I I loved it. I can't recommend the game highly enough. I, it's a weird one, having, having literally just said that. I do recommend it, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if people didn't like it because of the gameplay style. You know, it's not an action game. It is a, it's, just, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good story. And I was really pleasantly surprised. There's kind of 12 chapters, and by chapter four, I was like, oh no, I know what the twist is going to be. It's so obvious. It's so, so obvious what the twist is going to be. And then like episode eight, or six even, they give away the twist. Each chapter is an hour in mm. the night. So maybe there's actually only eight, eight or nine, I can't remember. But um, they actually, I was right about the twist, but they give it away halfway through the game and it turns out it's about a whole other bunch of stuff that's going on. Okay. And that's, that's great. It's a really nicely told story. It's like three different classic horror movies in one. Um, and the characters are classic horror movie tropes, um, but it's surprisingly well performed, a little bit weirdly uh, animated. Mm. You know, when you get like hyper real um, uh, Polar Express style mocap yeah. performances that are designed to look exactly like the actors, in this case, Hayden Panettiere, the, okay. the, the, the cheerleader from Heroes. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Mr. Robot, the guy who plays Mr. Robot. Okay, Rami. Uh... Yes, that's it. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. Yeah. Um, uh, he's in it. He's brilliant. Um, yeah, there, there, there's some there's some really cool stuff in it. Yeah, um, 
if it sounds like the kind of thing you'd like, I'd, I'd, I'd really recommend it. And it is fun. You, you can replay chapters and bits of it mm. without losing the previous story choices you've made and it's all butterfly effect. And genuinely, a choice you make in chapter one will affect something that happens in chapter eight. Okay, is, that, is it scary? I jump, there's a couple of jump scares, sure. But it's not tense like... Um, okay. What, mm, the tension is lost really quickly because you make a choice. Like, there's a bit where you're being chased by something that is clearly faster than you, mm. right? And your choice it, that you're given is run or hide. Now, pretty much the second you press run, and it's a timed decision, so you might be panicked into making the wrong choice, but you, you find out what the correct and incorrect decisions are very okay. quickly after you make them. Do you know okay. what I mean? Like, if you run from this particular thing, oh, you're dead straight away. So oh, I guess I'll have to play this chapter again if I want everyone to live. It's that kind of thing. Um, but it is fun. It's, a, it's, a, it's fun. It uses horror as a, as a catalyst, but it's not, a hor- it's not scary. Okay. It's not scary. I'm saying that. You might find it scary. <laughs> <laughs> I find everything scary, so... Do you know what, do you know what... Okay, do you know what is... Do you know what genuinely scared me? Is a game called Seven Days to Die. It's basically... A really cruddy version of Minecraft. Okay. Um, but you're in, a, in an apocalyptic wasteland. And there's different biomes, like in... in, in, in Minecraft, but they're yeah. quite close together, and you get different resources from different biomes. There's like yeah. a snowy and a desert, and a, there's a town, but it's a zombie apocalypse, mm. and you're the last human alive. You can play online and team up with people in the same area, or um, you can have randomly generated. But then you're not the last human alive. No, <laughs> you can be the last four humans alive, and even then, you're not necessarily going to meet up with each other. You might just be playing on the same map and die or whatever. But um, it's a resource gathering map. It's a, it's a fort building game. Um, because during the day there are zombies stumbling around and there's only a few of them. At night, um, they are able to run. Okay. And you can't see, but they can smell you. So you need to have kind of you need to build a fort that's reasonably well defended. You can set trap. You can once you're further through the game, you can build traps. You can you get better and better guns. It it calls itself an RPG. Okay. Uh, actually, it calls. There's one point where it calls itself an FPS. Um, because there are bits where you are kind of shooting. Is it voxel based? Like, is it cubes? Mm, no, but the graphics are blocking. Okay. <laughs> like the graphics are rubbish, basically. Right, okay. But but deliberately so, so that everything is a uh, is roughly the same size, like cube right. shape. Is they'll fit inside a cube. Okay. You know what I mean, so you yeah. can stack boxes and, and and build buildings, and it's all it's that Fallout style, well, it's Minecraft style, popping like snapping. Mm. Um, together. But um, every seventh night, a horde of zombies is, is released. And every seven nights, that horde gets bigger and bigger. Mm. Um, yeah, and so what I did was, I actually played it for hours and hours and hours and hours and, and built up a, quite a good fort and um, like prepared myself so, so well. And then the seventh night came and it was horrible. It was just so scary. The sky turns red. It's so simple. The mm. sky turns red. You can hear zombies everywhere, cause, but you can't necessarily see them. Okay. And you're just shooting a shotgun into darkness and screaming, and it's very embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so I'm not, at the, I'm not at the trap building and base building stage yet. You, 
It's, it's such a time drain. And weirdly, having played it, having been genuinely scared by it, and having put a lot of hours into it, I can honestly say that you shouldn't play it because it's not very good. Like, I, okay. I, think, I think Minecraft does it better. Um, there are loads of games that, does, that do it better. In fact, crafting, <laughs> I know, I bet you didn't expect this, but No Man's Sky has had this... Uh, An update. An update that, yeah. that supposedly finally makes it the game that everyone thought it should be. And I had a little go on it, and yeah, it, it's too little, too late. Still, still. Yeah. It's just the same story over and over again. Since they, the they, they reworked podcast, the story as well, didn't they? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a kind of 10-hour storyline in it now. Okay. And I, but I was always a defender of what little bits of story there was in the game already. Um, I, I found it as pretentious as everyone else, but I didn't mind it. <laughs> um, but uh, this new one, yeah, if they if released it exactly as it is now, yeah, it'd be a good game. Okay. So hope for No Man's Sky 2? Yeah. No, something else. <laughs> <laughs> something else would be better. Um, I was a massive fan of Infamous and Infamous uh, 2. Yeah. Did you like them? Yeah. So I played, again, because of PlayStation Plus giving it away, if not free, then almost free. I think I like, paid one quid two quid for it or something okay. but Second Sun and First Light I haven't played First Light I've played Second Sun I think mm. I've got First Light but right. um, I haven't got around to playing it well but Second Sun was a generation like that was released with the Playstation 4 yeah, yeah. it was the first game I've got with the Playstation right. 4 um, I thought it was really good really yeah. enjoyed it it was more just more infamous yeah. I guess yeah. uh, and that was it was a good way to show off the console mm. um, yeah, it, it was a really good looking game really good even now it's yes, still a yeah. really, really good, good looking Absolutely. game. Absolutely, yeah. It's got some really good ideas to it. Um, it's quite fun watching Troy Baker in a, in a very early uh, performance as well. Like, mm. It must have been one of his first lead roles. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, when was the PS4 come? When did it come out? Like, this is six years ago, seven years ago? Oh, wow. So this is before... Long? Yeah, this is way before Last of Us and... Oh, wait a second. No, it wasn't, because he'd done Last of Us with the PS3. Yeah. Hang on. If that's the case, I, I've clearly convinced myself that it was an early performance <laughs> of his because of how much it looks like an early performance of his. Like it's it's most so it's bad. Like well, I it's the character, not the performance. Okay. The character's a bit of a douche, really, isn't he? Like, yeah. Um, I guess so. Mind you, so is the character in First Light, and this is the thing. If you. For a game the character that's... in First Light is the girl you rescue. Mm, yeah. Um, that's right, she's sassy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but the, the characters are the same. Whereas Cole in the first two films was uh, a bit of a cipher. He didn't have much of a character. And it was the peripheral characters. It was his sidekicks and all that stuff that, yeah. that were interesting in terms of character. That was so that that moral choice thing and you had more towards the heroic and more towards the villainous, that thing really played out with Cole because you could choose what his character was. If you're already faced with characters like in Second Son and First Light who are a bit annoying, mm. you kind of want them to do prickish things or yeah. evil things. Or, you know, you're, you're less, you're less, I'm much less concerned with, oh, what, how is the morality of this going to play out and what does that, how does that affect the powers? It literally just becomes an exercise in if you do, if you make these choices, you get this weapon, if you get, if you make these choices, you get this weapon. Yeah. Like, and that's it. That's what it comes down to, which is a bit of a shame. But otherwise, yeah, it looked amazing. The action's really good. 
Yeah. It's hard. I, 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 you know what? I don't remember much of the story, so I don't think the story is very interesting. No, because um, the, the story basically is um, some... You, it's set after Infamous 2, so that there's a police... There's a, there's a military force out to stop mutants. Mm. And um, some mutants escape from jail, and then this random Seattle guy inherits some powers from one of them. Yeah. And so he's got to try and survive and run around Seattle and take down this military force that have taken over Seattle that's run by a secret mutant. It's, it's, it, there isn't much of a story. Yeah. That's it. Um, and it's the kind of game where you're playing and you don't really realise when it starts. Like there's a lot of story stuff and you kind of get introduced to some powers and a couple of characters. And then suddenly you're going, hang on, this is really hard. And this guy with the machine gun keeps killing me because he's got badass armour. But it's, t- it's telling you, suddenly you realise, oh, I'm in the game proper now. This is it. This is what the game is going to be like for the rest of it. And I think I, I caught that a little too late. But yeah, mm. um, yeah, yeah, it was good. My favourite game I've been playing this summer, actually, is Just Cause 3. <laughs> and it's exactly the same as Just Cause 2, yeah. which I played a lot of. And didn't like that much. And I can't, I can't say that Just Cause 3 is a good game. I could never say you have to run out and buy this. I, you know what? I've never played any Just Cause game. Um, but I've never thought of it as kind of like a story-based game. I've always thought of it as in you just go in it. It's like, it's like GTA without a story. You just go in, you mess about, you have fun, and then you're done with it. So I've never invest, bothered investing that time in it. Because I thought, uh, I, I, f- I feel like I need a story for a game, uh, in most cases at least. Uh, and so Just Cause has never really kind of piqued my attention. Just Cause 2 and Just Cause 3 have the same story, which is that you are on a massive, massive landmass and everything painted red explodes. <laughs> That's the story. So <clears throat> it is that. It's exactly what you're talking about. It's fun. But the, th- the weird thing about it is... For a game that's designed around go in this place, blow some stuff up, don't worry about story, just blow some stuff up, it's crazy. There are going to be people trying to stop you from blowing stuff up, try and kill them, blow stuff up. That's it. Chaos is how you get paid and how you level up. Um, For a game that promotes that idea of have fun, then leave, it's massive. Mm. it, It is an enormous game. Just Cause 2 was enormous. I couldn't quite believe how big that was. And then Just Cause 3 is just enormous. Given that it's not um, Horizon Zero Dawn where you've got to get to specific settlements to find things out. It's just big islands with lots of military bases on them. Mm. At least the the good difference actually is Just Cause 2, they had copy and pasted bases. Literally, if 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 you took down one electrical substation... You'd know how to take every other electrical substation down. You'd you know there'd be a helicopter over here, two bad guys over here, and the generator would be over here. Like, and there'd be 12 of them across the islands. Yeah. Just Cause 2, there is some actual really nice level design. Um, the challenges in it are, are, are appropriately difficult, and, but good and good fun. And I'd really recommend that. That, for a game that... Every time I've sat down to Just Cause 3, it's been because I've gone, oh, do you know what, I've got 10 minutes. 
I'll just let, play a little bit of Just Cause 3 because it's a perfect game to play for 10 minutes because yeah. you're just blowing stuff up. And then I'll find myself like an hour later trying to get five stars on the challenge. Yeah. Playing it over and over again. So yeah, it's good. It's good and addictive. Um, but that's that's kind of it for me for video games this summer. Like, I, I, I've been playing a little bit of Ancient Amulita. Oh, what's that? It's a new VR game. Um, it's basically a, a, a shoot 'em up. You, you, there's there's four classes to choose from, um, and it's it's basically a, a it's almost like a tech demo for PlayStation Move controllers and VR. Mm. Like you can move the, use the Move controllers, like with the Vive as a, as a bow and arrow. You can um, use it as there's a weird one where you use your right hand as a book of spells, and your left hand is turning the pages and then throwing spells from the book at things. And there's yeah, there's four different classes, and um, yeah, you just it's a it's a defender. Is it called a fortress? It's not called fortress defense, isn't it? Tower defense. Tower defense. Thank yeah. you. It's basically a tower defense game. Um, with okay, a VR options. tower defense. Thing. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, yeah. and it's done in a quite a cartoony way. Like the the things coming towards you are like mummies or cavemen. You can, you know, yeah, there's lots. It's, it's a time travel thing, so you can be defending a pyramid or defending a. It's 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 fun. It, but it's yet again, it's not it's not the thing everyone hopes VR will be. Everyone what every, what everyone wants is a, a proper full game experience. Yes. You know, narrative driven, you know, Last of Us for VR example. Mm-hmm. Um, I know awesome. I know I know Fallout Four will be coming out this year. And uh, what else is coming in VR? Skyrim. Is Skyrim coming in VR? Yeah, that's the key thing. Skyrim's coming out on PSVR, where Fallout isn't. Oh, yeah, okay. that sucks for me. But like, yeah. um, uh, Skyrim. Well, to be fair, Resident Evil Seven is a full game. That's true. That's but good. But it made yeah. everyone sick yeah. <laughs> with the movement. Yeah. So and the horror. So um, Skyrim VR is a, is a, is a warping VR experience. So you're not running along, but you're warping. But you can choose where you warp to. The problem with that is. A big part of Skyrim is, is running in for a fight and then backing away, slashing. Yeah. You can't do that in VR. You have to run into a fight and then stand there and either win or die. Yeah. Get the style. Because, uh, uh, yeah, you can't retreat yeah. in VR. Um, or at least walk I mean, I've, I don't know what the future of VR is going to be because, I mean, the Oculus and the HTC Vive both have had massive price cuts now. And there's some reports about HTC kind of making a big loss on the HTC Vive. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, so, I don't know, it's a bit like, initially when it came out, there was the, the masses of hype around it, but it's kind of fading away a little bit now, and I'm kind of worried for the future of it. Well, there's the, I think, we, we mentioned this months ago, and it's the trailer finally dropped a few weeks ago um, for Ready Player One. Right. The Ernest yeah. Klein book um, that's set around VR and it's, it's yeah. set in a society that's based in VR that has the real world, which is ruined mm. because of climate change and, and capitalism run rampant and, and all that stuff and the horrible poverty. And the online world, which is obviously fantastical and crazy and very sci-fi and Spielberg, any dream can come true. And mm. obviously, I, th- I think if the film is successful, then it... It might hopefully remind people go, oh yeah, VR can be a cool thing. It, mm. You can't just do the same thing over and over again. 
which yeah. Sean is doing at the moment. Skyrim's going to be a bit of a, a test. But I think my, my worry actually is the more the technology advances, the more restrictions they're going to be on playing VR. Like already with Skyrim, if you're using PlayStation Move to swing swords around, mm. there's a certain element of fitness required. And I know it's fitness that as a level that hopefully most people will have because yeah, yeah. it's waving your arms around. But at the same time, it's going to shut down the experience for a lot of people. If, it, if, if that experience spreads to a more physical thing like actual walking or running using some kind of treadmill, multi-directional treadmill or something, I don't know. Right. It'll become even more restrictive. But I don't see what well, the I, I feel like they can get around that though. Like um, tweaking, you know, walking speeds and stuff like that to the person uh, maybe just it could just be a slider you know mm. I feel things like that you can get around do you know what the, 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 the best experience for PSVR still still is Arkham VR and the reason that's the best one is because it does make you feel like the Batman like mm. you are the Batman that's the experience that VR needs to concentrate on to actually if like what you're saying it can enhance a physicality if it can if VR can genuinely make you feel like a superhero then mm. it will surely thrive and grow yeah it's, it's all the stuff that's making people go oh makes me feel sick or oh it's not working as well as it should that's that's why it's I want to see more from Microsoft and their kind of AR VR you know hybrid um, HoloLens right I feel like that would be that would be really really interesting for um, like third person games mm. I want to see more third person games in VR in general where mm. you're looking down at your character mm. around and around you is the world and you're just you, you're playing from like a god view like a strategy uh, game like Civ or, it doesn't or, even need to be like that it could be um, it could be Arkham Asylum you know Batman's sitting there in front of you walking around fighting you've got a controller in your hands and but why would that be good I mean because <laughs> the weird thing is I, I agree with you mm. On a technical level, I've done that. I've played the couple of demo games where you are, and it is a good format. It's quite yeah. cool to be in the world as an observer. Yeah, as your 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 head is the camera, basically. Mm. But I just don't get. I, I don't understand why that's a good thing. It is a good thing. But I just don't get why. I don't get how it works. I, don't I think it feel like it will be more immersive. Um, mm. Like because because you're in the world and you can see around you everywhere is the world. Mm. whereas with the TV you're limited to a frame in front of you and fair enough it can still be um, immersive it's not going to be as immersive mm. as you sitting in the middle of that world um, I feel like first person is just not it's just not the ideal way to play games with mm. VR and it, it, it's a weird thing to say mm. like, I understand it's a weird thing to say but until we ha all have you know treadmills in our house <laughs> and it's not going to be really feasible Treadmills, haptic gloves, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Or those nerve things that you plug into oh, yeah, your spinal cord. The, yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah, like a little Matrix style jack. Yeah, pretty much. Just plug in. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I do have two games that I want to talk about. Now, these are really, really, um, these are really, really weird because they're essentially they're not the same game. Okay, uh, I, I need to explain this properly. So <laughs> XCOM War of the Chosen right. just came out, which okay. is a DLC for XCOM 2. Mm -hmm. I loved XCOM 2 and... Uh, did you, I think you said it, you didn't like it anything like as much as XCOM 1. I didn't like it as much as XCOM 1, but...
but I did really, really like it. Right. Okay. Um, but I feel like the initial reason I didn't like it was because of performance issues and stuff. Mm. Um, but they patched a lot of that. It runs a lot better now. Um, and I've been playing War of the Chosen. War of the Chosen is kind of like a conversion. So you still play the base game, but there's a lot more stuff added to it. Okay. It's a bit weird because it's 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 priced almost full price. It's it retails at thirty five pounds. Okay. Um, wow. I think that's a bit much. But saying that, I'm only maybe two hours into the game. The first mission is the same, and then the second mission they started to introduce all these new. Uh, classes okay. and you know story elements. Right. So I'm interested to find out where that goes. Yeah. Now the weird thing is, it was released on August the 29th. August the 29th. Also, um, on on the 29th, uh, Mario and Rabbids. Can't remember the name. Kingdom Battle came out right. for the Nintendo Switch, is which is an XCOM ripoff. I don't right. How? No, I would. I wouldn't say it's a ripoff. It's inspired how? by XCOM. I've heard this, but in what way? So it's turn-based combat. It's it's like oh, right. it's an isometric grid. Yeah. You, you go into cover. You you fire off a shot. You make movement. Um, so it's the same style of game, but it's Mario and rabbits. Um, I haven't played that yet, but I do have it, and I'm kind of excited to try mm. and play play it yeah. out. Because it's different to XCOM in the sense that I don't think there's any management or too much management. There's gear and stuff, but it's, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three, that kind of thing. Okay. I'm really, really interested to try that. Yeah, I mean, if, it's, if it gets the gameplay right, that's all that matters really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. And if you can suffer the, the weirdness of that cross-branding. Uh, yeah. What what rabbits and Mario have to do with each other? I don't know. Yeah, it was a bit it was a bit weird when I first saw it, but yeah. it just blows my mind that they both came out on the same day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, but there, there is that phenomenon. There's that phenomenon in films and games, and the <laughs> two very similar things. Are those the two games that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, for now. I've got two yeah. li- two more little things. Okay. One of them's not so little. Yeah. I figured it's been at least an episode since we talked about The Witcher. Um, <laughs> they've, they've, they've brought out an open beta for Gwent. Okay, yeah. Um, the beta's been out for like 10 months? Right. Yeah. But they've, they are, they're wrapping it up now, basically. Okay. They're, um, they are getting ready to launch. Right. Um, I've had a look at it. I, I think I'm, I, I don't like it. You don't like it? I've waited so long. But the fact that it's not They've, they've made it more complex because it's not the game in, right, yeah. in, in, in The Witcher. Yeah. They've made it different from Gwent. In I the mean, they had to, really, because... Of course they did, yeah. yeah. They, they, of course, because what would be the point? Yeah. But that's what I realised. Like, I really like the game in The Witcher. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to like Gwent. <laughs> the other thing, though, that I've been playing, that I played, let me say, is Doom. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Your game of the year. I put it on... One night, I think Emma was out maybe or something, and I played the first 10 minutes and I remember thinking, okay, this game looks good, it's fast, like, Mm. the controls are fast, do you know what I mean? Swinging around, all that stuff is fast. Um, I played for like 10 minutes, I was like, okay, I get it, I get it, I get what Doom is, I get it, I get it all. I get why Azim loves it as well, I can see why it would be fun if you like this kind of hectic Mm. first person shooting. 
and, and eight hours later, um, <laughs> I'd completed my first run through of the whole game. Um, I loved it. Yeah. I've never played a game like that before. I've yeah. never played, like GoldenEye, I only ever played, and I don't even know if GoldenEye is comparable, but I'd, I'd only ever played GoldenEye in, in terms of corridors and shooting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I guess we're talking about first person shooters. I've never played a hectic first person shooter. I never played any Doom games. I never played, um, uh, oh, I can't think of a single one now. Quake. That kind of thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. And it was. Every, it, all the reasons you gave, frankly, to why the game were amazing, why you got your game of the year, is it, it, you're exactly correct. The music, I'd never listened to mm. outside of the context of yeah, that game, yeah. but it is brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, the character designs are fun, the weapons are classic, but really fun. Mm. The movement, level design, they just did it really well. It's mm. fun. Yeah, and you know what you're doing at every point. It's just kill stuff. <laughs> and, and I love that the script and the tone of the game is all about that. Like the game knows mm. the, the the little um, loading loading screen tips and things like that. They've mm. got a really nice sense of humour about them, mm. and actually, that's the thing that I've always loved about Bethesda. The reason why I love Fallout Three so much and New Vegas, although I didn't make that, uh, but Fallout Three particularly is the humour, the dark humour, mm. and Doom is a funny game. Yeah, it's so extreme and so silly as well. It's constantly telling you to just kill <laughs> like, not in a psychotic way but just ah have fun you kill some demons go ahead um, that's also coming to VR as well uh, yeah I feel like there's been a demo uh, maybe not a uh, a public demo but I remember seeing some screens of it it's mm. it's a waypoint game again which I don't know how that's going to work but they're promising to it will still be fast paced um, I don't know how they're going to do it but you know I look forward to seeing that. It depends, I guess, how many waypoints are there in a in a kind of arena, and how easy is it to get between the waypoints? Because mm. um, if it's anything like Arkham VR or Ancient Amulator, um, it's, it's, it can be really fast. It's just, just, I, it feels like the, the bad guys are going to be having more fun than you mm. if you're stood still and they're running around the place. Yeah, well, Doom is all about all about the double jump, man. When I got that, when I unlock those double jump boots, yeah. The game's a whole new level from that point, you know? I'm just... I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the whole waypoint thing. I want the, I want there to be a different way to move around. That doesn't make one sick. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. But it's, it's a massive challenge. Well, you know what? Um, uh, uh, PlayStation Plus... I wasn't going to talk about this game, actually, because I've barely touched it, but um, I got Battlefront. Star Wars Battlefront. Okay. Um... Because I downloaded the, the the X-Wing VR DLC ages ago, but you need the main game to unlock that bit, obviously. Mm. And PlayStation Plus only just made it really cheap. Uh, it's an awesome game. It looks great. I've played a bit of Hoth, but the VR is amazing. So uh, that was a long way of saying cockpit VR is really good. Drive Club, the X-Wing mission. Um, oh, that's another one I can't think of right now. Um... But racing and dogfighting mm. from a cockpit is pretty good for, for VR. Because mm. then you can move around smoothly without motion sickness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember trying racing games when I had the HTC5 and it felt really, really natural. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that lag isn't 
just, it's just not there. Uh, future guest of the show, Sam Hill, um, is a big gamer. Uh, he has an entire room in his flat set up for Elite. Okay, yeah. Um, like an entire room. He originally had like three uh, widescreen monitors next to each yeah. other. Now he's got a full cockpit with VR set up with multiple thrusting. Wow. <laughs> Maybe we should go over to his place and you can check it out. It's, 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 it's cool. Mm. Uh, and very hard to, uh, to dock a ship. <laughs> it turns out, <laughs> even in VR, very hard indeed. But I think I think cockpit VR may, may be the way forward. Oh yeah, the other thing I was going to mention was just on tracks like um the 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 Until Dawn spin-off Rush of Blood, which is horrible. Yeah, like it's it's a on rails shooter. Yeah, shooter. But you go through like there's a section where you go through an abattoir and it's just nasty. Uh, it, it it pays scant reference to the main game. Like it really does. It's nasty. <laughs> Um, actually, there's stuff in the in this in the spin-off that that's a lot scarier than the thing you'd see in the main game. Anyway, but that's on rails as well, mm. and there's no sickness there whatsoever. So if you you know maybe it's about uh, being in a moving object rather than trying to move be the moving object. Mm. I don't know. And we're the people who are going to solve this one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I very we'll, let's people. just go back to developing our VR game. Why are we doing this podcast? Yes, yes, true. It's it's VR Flappy Bird. <laughs> it's basically a two-dimensional <laughs> game. You just see a wall coming towards you. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, what about films then? What's this? This summer, this summer has been pretty good for films. Last time, has it though? Because mm, I mean, I mean, good. it's been uh, really bad in terms of box office sales. Has it? Yeah, apparently this has been the worst summer in in a long time. I think. But then, to be fair, a precedent, a pretty high precedent, was set with Avatar and Avengers, where mm. if a film's not making a billion dollars, then it's failed. It was mm. like, Man of Steel was supposed to be, was seen as a flop, and that made up $850 million. Mm. Um, Transformers 5 was seen as a massive flop, but it still made plenty of money in China. Like, yeah. they're not worried about quality. <laughs> they're not worried about, um, oof, I tell you, bro. Well, one of the reasons why box office returns might have been bad this summer is because people are making very bad films. Have you seen The Mummy? Yes. My golly. I've seen The Mummy. Mummy. Uh... <laughs> They've seen I've The Mummy. Seen... <laughs> they haven't seen The Mummy, though, other people. Show me The Mummy. No. <laughs> I refuse to. I'll show you this bad film. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And it's really disappointing because the actor um, that plays his sidekick or the zombie or whatever... Oh, the um, one they ripped... Have you ever seen American Werewolf in London? No. If <clears throat> any anyone who has seen American Werewolf in London by John Landis, nineteen eighty, it's a it's an incredibly good film. Mm. Um, all prosthetic effects that were so new at the time, but still look amazing now. Um, amazing soundtrack. Like every song has the word moon in it, but mm. you wouldn't necessarily notice it. But like it's just nice little things like that. But. These two American tourists um, get attacked by a beast in the moors of England. Um, one of them is just ripped to shreds and dies, and the other one slowly turns into a werewolf in London. Mm. Um, but his best mate, who got ripped to shreds, comes back to him as a, a, a first as a corpse, and then he right. kind of rots as the film goes on. So he's kind of comic relief. Yeah. He turns up as a zombie and keeps saying, hey, by the way, this was your fault, kind of your fault this happened, so mm. can you sort this out, please? And from, like, from the moment he turned up, I was like, oh, you've ripped this off. 
American model from London. Mm. The mummy is, as far as I'm concerned, a piss take from start to finish. Yeah. But well, sorry, you were going to say something about I, that guy. Yeah, that like, actor, I, I really like him. Yeah, he's good. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a really funny actor mm. and it's such a crap movie that mm. I kind of feel it was wasted on him. And you know what, this, I feel like... I like Tom Cruise as well. Tom Cruise is good. Yeah, Tom Cruise has been still knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. This is the first film I've watched in a while which I've actually disappointed. Right. Like, genuinely disappointed. It's a real shame. Yeah. It's, and it's because of his choice in it. It's because of... It, 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 everything about the film that I disliked can be traced, I think, back to the greed of the people making them, mm-hmm. of, of, the, of, the, of the executive producers, the people who run the production company. Um, trying to set up a new cinematic universe yeah. is wholly unnecessary. And it ruined the film. Everyone said about Batman v Superman that the worst, the, mo- the most insulting bit of that film is the trailer for, um, <laughs> for, for Justice League when he watches the three weird videos on Nexus yeah. that already have like, production design branding and things like that anyway the mummy has the mummy ruins itself by trying to be a trailer for other movies but really insulting on top of that this whole Chinese audience thing mm. is getting out of hand now mm. right did you notice how many bits in the mummy were voiceover flashbacks like flashbacks to stuff that happened with Russell Crowe doing a voiceover yeah that is so that they can redub it in China and the Chinese audience will understand it and they will swap out names of important people or gods or ghosts or whatever for different things that will suit the Chinese audience more. That's why they've done that. Mm. That's, that is so lacking in any kind of artistic integrity. Yeah. It's like in, in negative numbers, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's the opposite, it's, they're, they're employing the opposite of integrity. Um, and I'm kind of glad the film didn't do very well. They deserve to have a massive flop. Yeah, because it was so so poor. Yeah, but it's. I I was going to say it's been a good summer for films because there have been some some rays of rays of light and hope. People liked Baby Driver. I didn't. Wonder Woman. I really liked apart from the last twenty minutes. But I've seen two really good films recently, and two they're so different to each other. Um, I saw Girls Trip. Yeah. Um, with Jada Pinkett Smith, Queen Latifah. Um, this new actor I've not seen before called Tiffany Haddish. Um, weirdly, Queen Latifah and Jada Pinkett Smith are on the quiet side. Wow. In Girls Trip. Yeah, they're kind of keeping things under wraps. And I was like, well, why isn't Queen at least like being, doing what she it's used been to a while. It's been a while since she's been in a movie as yeah, well. Yeah, since the taxi years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, she's been around. She's just been getting into more serious roles, which is why it's weird to see her in a film like Girls Trip. You'd have thought, oh, this is her letting loose again. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's her kind of playing a serious character in a comedy. Jada Pinkett Smith has kind of reined it back in. She's playing kind of a woman who used to be a bit of a party girl, and now she's very serious. I, I think all, all three out of the four main characters, the women, start the film regretful that they've grown up so quickly I think mm. and that's kind of the point of the movie is they they go out without their husbands and boyfriends and all the clutter of their lives and rediscover their friendship but on the way it's incredibly funny it's hilarious mm. Tiffany Haddish this new actor I think she's 
done some stand-up. I saw her being interviewed. There's a YouTube clip of her being interviewed by um, uh, Stephen Colbert. Um, she's incredible. Yeah. She is incredible. She steals the show. She is so brave and outrageous. And clearly she's improvising a lot of the stuff she's saying in, in the film, but she's... She, she is hilarious. She, she is hilarious. Um, we, we watched it in, 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 in Richmond, which isn't a, exactly a haven for people of colour, but, <laughs> but it, it was a universal movie. Everyone was in stitches in the audience. Everyone. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was really, really good. And right at the other end of the spectrum is Dunkirk, <laughs> which again is not a haven for people of colour. But... <laughs> but um, <laughs> But, uh, gosh, what a movie. I mean, you've seen the trailer for it, yeah? I've seen the trailer, yeah. So that is the film. Okay. It's two hours of, oh, please, no, oh, God. Um, it's, uh, it's incredibly well acted. Do you know he's really good? Harry Styles. Okay. He's good, isn't it? I mean, he's not got a huge amount to do. He plays a kind of, similarly to other actors in the film, actually, he plays a kind of, someone who's instinctually cowardly but has to be brave simply because of the situation they're in and yeah. has to survive um, and draw deep uh, and he's really good in it he's really they're all really good in it and it's really well done it's exactly what you think it is it's incredibly incredibly tense and incredibly depressing sometimes and then solely because Dunkirk is what Dunkirk is and it's been co-opted by British people the Dunkirk spirit mm. it is a hopeful film it is about people being brave, right. even when they don't want, when they really don't want to be, that's mm. the main thing. But what's amazing about Christopher Nolan's film? Oh, it's edited really weirdly. There's three different stories: the land story, the sea story, and the air story. Mm. And the land story takes place over a week, the sea story takes place over a day, and the air story takes place over an hour. But they're all cut in, in, into each other. Okay, which is quite confusing because, like, you'll see half an hour into the film Killian Murphy gets on a boat like a little dinghy and half an hour later you'll see him on a on a destroyer and you're like is this after what we've seen okay. and, it's a, and the, the destroyer gets shot down it sinks and then he's the survivor that gets picked up by the boat so like it's told completely out of order so it can be quite confusing I suspect on a really simplistic level that's Christopher Nolan saying yeah war is confusing you don't know what's going on half the time right it's just a series of things happening in front of you that are either bleak or exciting or both somehow. But like Interstellar and like Inception and like The Dark Knight and, and, and what am I saying, but certainly Memento, um, what, what I think Christopher Nolan is amazing at doing, you know you watch some films and you get a really visceral emotional reaction. Right. You're laughing all the way through or you cry or it makes you angry. Um... Like the mummy. Uh, <laughs> or you can have the kind of reaction where you're going, oh, that shot's beautiful. Mm. This director's really clever. I love that bit of writing. And you're thinking about it on the intellectual level. Yeah. Christopher Nolan is the only filmmaker I know where you're getting both of those reactions at the same time. You have the emotional reaction of, oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh, come on. And, and the intellectual reaction of, wow, that's clever or that's amazing or that looks amazing right. at the same time. And so, yeah, Dunkirk continues that tradition of him really putting the audience through the ringer, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I recommend it. How about you? What have you seen? Uh, I've seen... Well, I haven't seen much. Actually, I happened to watch Interstellar again the other day. What do you think? Um, 
I love it. Songs. I, I really like it. It's, it's, it's one of them. Like, there's a lot of Christopher Nolan movies which I just watch and I just enjoy it. There's hardly any where I'm disappointed. I heard someone yeah. the other day saying The Prestige was rubbish and The Twist ruined it. I was like, You've, it's one of the best ones it's ever the best made. Pot, like, and it's the best, it's the best thing about the movie. It's one of the greatest twists in movies. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, it was one of those, I was, I was very tempted to comment on the article. I was like, but I really like What's the point? Yeah, but I, just, I, I love his movies and Interstellar. Yeah. Um, Farina hadn't seen Interstellar. Oh, okay. So I was like, you know, we need to watch this and uh, we put it on. Was she angry at you? Sorry? Was she angry at you? No, she enjoyed it. Because I, I, um, I went to the cinema to see Interstellar with a couple of friends, one of whom uh, is a really good friend, lovely guy. I think he won't mind me saying this in public, but um, his dad had passed away. Right quite recently before seeing the film. Ah, okay. His dad was a physicist and he happened to be wearing his dad's watch to see the film. Mm. So he was in, he was shredded by the end right, of the film. Like yeah. he was just, you know, that was a difficult experience for him to yeah, watch. Imagine. So like, yeah, it carries that emotional weight. So when it came to showing, me and Matt watched it again with Emma and she was like, oh yeah, thanks guys. That's really uh, made my day. Like mm. we tried to watch it in the morning or something and just ruined the rest of the day because it is, it's a heavy movie where yeah, you feel definitely. it afterwards, you know? Yeah. You carry that film around with you for a while after you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You should go back to The Prestige again. That's one of the most beautiful Yeah, films. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's worth it. It's always worth Like, have, have a look every year. Because <laughs> it's, um, it's incredibly beautiful. And Bowie's in it. Being really good and weird. Um, um, other than that, I've seen... Uh, I saw Spider-Man. Yes. Which was um, good. Good. Yeah, but only only good. Yeah. Three stars, four stars out of five, three and a half. Three and a half to four. Nice. I would say, like, yeah. it it did what it was trying to do really, really well. Mm. Um, I personally, this is more of a personal opinion. I it did what Iron Man three did, you know. It kind of because um, there's been so many so many movies in that universe which are just the scale is massive apocalyptic, apocalyptic and stuff so it kind of reined it in a bit uh, made it a bit more about the personal story um, obviously there was still a villain and still that kind of thing going on but it was more about him kind of maturing and mm. you know actually becoming a superhero you know um, and I, although I enjoyed it I do enjoy kind of like it's it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. I enjoy the the you know what end of the world kind of thing, which is why I'm so hyped for Infinity War. I guess because the end of everything mm. in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's kind of I, I, that's quite an interesting stance to take mm. at this point in the cinema history when I think you are alone in not complaining about the fact that superhero movies all tend to end with this bombastic god fighting god see but, see, but it, it, it's not always the case it's still I still feel like it needs to be done well like I felt like one the one woman thing where it was you know a god fighting a demigod um, I, I, I didn't really enjoy that especially mm. when they could have left it ambiguous at the end yeah they didn't need to have it at all yeah but instead they get, they've left her with nowhere to go yeah I mean it, I, I don't feel like it needs to be a final battle like I mean you're talking that, about Doctor Strange kind of levels of ending where it is still massive and epic yeah but at the same time there's a clever way of doing it exactly exactly I thought Doctor Strange in recent times has been the best 
kind of ending to a Marvel movie I've seen. Um, but then Marvel movies are they're tricky because they don't have the good bad guys. Right. They don't have a Joker. Yeah. To warrant a, an awesome ending to a thing. Yeah. So that yeah, Doctor Strange did stand out as being massive, but at the same time, reasonable. Right. But I don't the, the, the Dark Knight actually, you know, just saying that the Dark Knight had a brilliant ending with the Joker because, I mean, it's not like he there was a massive fight or anything like that. It was just kind of like the Joker, I've won kind of mm. thing, and it was just it was just brilliant. Mm. But again, the thing is that didn't have like an apocalyptic scale. It did in the sense that, you know, the whole area was under, under threat. Sure. And that is enough for me. It doesn't need to actually be the end of the world. Mm. Whereas Spider-Man didn't actually feel like that. It just it was felt a very like localised fight. fight. Yeah. yeah. Around a single plane and then a single stretch of beach, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. So you want more, you, you want the stakes to be higher in terms of the jeopardy to everyone else who's not in the fight. Like... No, not not necessarily. Um, when, when Superman was fighting Zod in Metropolis, did you care whether or not the buildings had been evacuated? At the time, no. You don't think about it. You don't think no. about it. You're, mm. you're not you, like the movie doesn't set it up in a way where you think about those things anymore because you've seen. They don't say, "Oh, it's Sunday lunchtime. We're okay to hit the city." <laughs> well, I feel like the movies have been doing that so much that you end up like we're kind of conditioned. Not to mm. really think about that anymore. Mm. I feel for actually one thing Superman, uh, Batman vs Superman did is the whole conflict started out of that. I thought that yeah. was a good. Yeah, that's true. That was a good way to start the actual conflict. Yeah. Even though the conflict was a bit crap. Yeah. Um, the the catalyst for it. Was I, really I, I good. Know. Oh, you're talking about Batman vs Superman. Yeah, Batman vs Superman. The nine minutes of conflict was alright. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm talking more about the build-up. The build-up was terrible. We should... Um, uh, do you know what? We, I'd like to port this bit of, the, bit of conversation over to a, a discussion topic when we've got a couple of guests on. Okay. Especially Rohan, who we had to, uh, who had to leave our last guest episode because um, uh, we were just getting into chatting about the DC versus Marvel thing. Marvel right. thing. And I think this whole ending of the films is, is a really big thing. It really affects everything. The criticism that's thrown at these films is always they're too long. So cut that twenty minute that scene out at the end. Most people say, but you're you're a singular voice in, in saying that. No, keep the keep the crazy big stuff because that's what makes it matter. Yeah, I mean, it's you know what? It's it's it's, it's a bit. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking the thought through. I feel like I may have jumped the gun a little bit there <laughs> because because I'm thinking back to um, like for example, Batman vs Superman. Mm. That the the battle between Doomsday and everything that that was terrible. That was a, like, yeah, was I thought boring. it was awful. That was but, that but, was. But that's because you didn't care. Like, if they'd ma- if they'd made you care about that battle, you might have really enjoyed it. I know right. that's a facile thing to say, but like right. So it, it it needs that component. That component it needs to make you care about those stakes. Mm. You know, it needs to. You need to care that the world is actually going to be en- ending. Mm. Um, and. I feel like very few movies actually get that right. So even though I do say this, I don't like the majority of the endings of the movies. <laughs> okay. Like Guardians of the Galaxy, I didn't really like the ending, uh, Volume 2, I didn't really like the ending of that movie. Uh, I recommend it, it's a good movie. Mm. Um, 
there's lots of cool things about it mm. and a bunch of story elements you kind of need to you, you need to see basically okay. <laughs> I recommend it did um, we talk about that going, going to, I can't remember yeah, I spoke yeah, about yeah. it I think yeah. we talked yeah I remember saying last time that um, I'd seen it it's not as good as one mm. but it's still good yeah yeah. it's been described as a party and that's fine for a bit you know what I mean um, and I, I, I can't, I, I'm really looking forward to Ragnarok and I'm really really right, looking yeah. forward to seeing Thor and the Guardians of the Galaxy teaming up yeah that'd yeah. be great Dark World was a was not a good film no the, num- the number two films always seem to be not very good um, yeah. but you were saying that like Spider-Man did the same thing as Iron Man 3 do you mean as in it kind of made it more personal about him yeah drew, drew the scale back a little bit yeah I guess the Marvel Universe has to do that every now and again yeah it makes sense. It makes sense to do it. That's why I'm not saying it's a bad movie because mm. I feel like what it was trying to do it did really, really well. Yeah. I just personally didn't enjoy it as much as you know. Which ones? Which Marvel movies do I like? Doctor Strange, for mm. example. Mm. Yeah. It's um, it's a funny film, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of good humor. Mm. Um, I feel I feel like Tom Holland did a really good job yeah. as Spider Man. He's it's like he grew up just around the corner from me in Kingston. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Isn't he? In, I thought he's. Oh no, Andrew Garfield's from Epsom. Mm. From Epsom, is he? Right. I think he's from Epsom. There's a lot of guys from around here. Yeah. Well, around, around, around down my way. What the odds of that? That they actually. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. The same place. Well, there was that period when all American superheroes were played by British people, weren't they? Well, I mean. Henry this... Cavill was Superman, Christian Bale is Welsh or English. Yeah. I mean, the three. Uh, Three lead characters in Doctor Strange, or the three good guys, oh, yeah. all British. Oh yeah, of course they are. So, <laughs> yeah. so there's yeah. a lot of there's a British invasion. Yeah, clearly. Um, I actually also I'm I'm jumping over to TV shows. Yes, yeah, so let's. Well, do you know what? If we if we're done with with uh, TV uh, with films, I think it's important that we talk about some TV. Okay. There's been some big TV happening. I'm, I'm, let's leave the big one to the end. All right. Yeah. yeah what do you What did you want to talk about? Um, I want to jump over to Legion. Okay. Have you seen Legion? No. Um, I'm mentioning him again though. Rohan told me about it and, and he described it in a way that made me not want to see it at all. Oh, okay. Go on. Yeah. Go, go through the description. Well, it's just crazy. And like if everything is like crazy, then nothing has to be real and therefore what do you care about? You just what? said it was nonsense. It was. Uh, no, it wasn't nonsense. Okay. It wasn't nonsense. You I liked thought... it. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I, I, the segue was that the the main character is British as well. Right. And he plays an American guy in it. Okay. Um, he plays someone who is in the, the start of the series. He's in a mental institution. Yeah. Um, because he's uh, paranoid schizophrenic. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of basically you're just finding out that he's actually a super 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 powerful mutant right and the stuff that's happening to him is kind of uh it's 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 somebody doing stuff to him and i just i really loved it it was it it, it is crazy it is crazy and there is a lot of kind of i can understand why he'd say it's nonsense (laughs) but it's definitely worth the watch. Okay. It's definitely, definitely worth the watch. There's a lot of cool kind of 
uh, cinematography okay. and um, I What's feel it? like the acting was pretty good it's got Aubrey Plaza in it huh? it's got um, I can't remember the main actor's name now but he hasn't done anything big it's kind of his first big thing okay. and there's subtle tie-ins to uh, you know X-Men and stuff like that yeah. it's not it's, it's like mentioned on the advertising yeah, it's mentioned, but it's not quite, you know, it's not in your face. That's it's kind cool. of self-contained story. Oh, nice. And then after after watching the show, I started reading up about the actual character itself from the comic books. Right. And it's actually quite interesting. You know? Okay. I remember him from some X... I, I dug up some really like old X-Men annuals from the 80s. Um, I picked up in charity shops and stuff. And Legion's in, in a lot of them, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the reason why he's called Legion... It's quite dark in the comics, at least. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of the same, right? Same thing, same lot reason. Of different, yeah, personalities. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So they do that in the TV show. Well, no, no. I have a feeling that's where it's going to go. I see. Right. Okay. Um, this one is more about him and another personality. Okay. Um, I don't want to give too much away. No, no, no. What, what channel is it on? Is it on Now TV? Ah, uh, yeah, it's on Now TV. Okay, I'll, I'll give that a look. TV. Because I went the Netflix way with Defenders. Mm. Seen that? Yes. What do you think? I hated it. Tell me more. It felt like it felt like an episode of The Flash, where Supergirls come in, the arrows come in, and everything, and they're you know doing this one thing, um, and then they're all going to disperse. It just felt like that, and I hate that. I really, really hate that. It felt like the opposite to me, but I still hated it. Um, It felt to me like I was watching a 15-minute long episode of Luke Cage, followed by a 15-minute long episode of Iron Fist, followed by a 15-minute long episode of Jessica Jones, followed by a 15-minute long episode of Daredevil Mm. for eight episodes. Like, I didn't think there was enough. There were so few times when the four of them were together. Mm. There was that central episode entirely set in the Chinese restaurant. And that was it. I, but, but the thing is, when there was, there was just some really... When they were together, it was just confusing combat. Like Luke Cage getting punched by some random dudes and flying, mm. flying, you know, doing cartwheels and stuff. And I was just confused by it. This guy's yeah. supposed to be, you know... Yeah, it was weird. Luke Cage isn't a great fighter and he, his style does not... I quite liked seeing Daredevil and Iron Fist work together because their mm. fighting styles are at least yeah. similar. But Luke Cage is just a lumbering, bulletproof tank guy. Yeah. So it's kind of weird to see him in the, in the middle of stuff. And, and I couldn't work out if it was the actor or the character, Jessica Jones, that wasn't entirely comfortable with, um, with, uh, with the fighting. I don't know, she, it, it looked good, some of it. But no, the, the main things actually that annoyed me about it were the back end of the show. The, okay, spoiler for the next 20 seconds... It's not even a spoiler. You can guess. Yet again, a Marvel TV series kills off who you think is the main bad guy two-thirds of the way through the series and then, oh, here's the real main bad guy. Yeah. Stop doing that now. I didn't understand that that because they went through an arc with her where it was, oh, she's losing her grip. Mm. Um, Now she's going to recover it and come back as a badass. Mm. And then she dies. Yeah. So uh, it just didn't make any sense to me. No. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, like, this is the Game of Thrones thing. Why have, why have a storyline to a character? Why have an arc to them if, if oh, no, they've been usurped? 
And mm. don't do it over and over again. All and four the, Defenders series have had that. And, it's, it's, and the thing is, I start to like the villains. In the yeah. sense that I feel like, oh, this is going somewhere. Sigourney Weaver was the only one having any flipping fun. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, I find Electra bores me. Really, really. Like, the actress herself isn't very good. No, she... I think they wanted a Sophia Batella. Hmm. You know, the woman who played the mummy. And, right. and, and, and who played uh, the lady with the blade legs in Kingsley. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was doing great. Yeah. Um, oh, well. <laughs> I mean, you know... I actually watched another movie with her in it, which was one of the worst movies I've ever watched. I don't know why I watched it. It was uh, Gods of Egypt. Oh, my days. It was so terrible. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to plug podcasts that we have nothing to do with, but there's a very famous American podcast called How Did This Get Made? And they they talk about... I mean, yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's amazingly poor. Yeah. It's amazingly poor. So expensive. I can imagine. It was like... The scale of that movie was quite big, and and it was just so bad. It didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. Didn't make any sense at all. Uh, back to what we were yes. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Defenders. Also, the the biggest insult I think you remember to this as well. Like it's the worst. It's certainly the worst final episode to a TV show I've seen in a long time. Mm. Like just terrible. There was, oh, it's so frustrating for Daredevil to to sacrifice himself. As he was doing that, as he whispered something in Iron Fist's ear, I was like, don't, don't you dare, don't you flipping. Not in a, oh no, we're going to lose, uh, uh, we're going to lose Daredevil way. Oh no, poor Matt. It was, Marvel, if you do this to us, <laughs> I'm not paying any more. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, such a shame. Yeah. Sigourney is amazing. What a waste. I really, I, I really was looking forward to this. I feel like I was looking forward to it too much. And I've only got myself to blame. I disagree. In what way are you to blame for how excited you were about that show when all the trailers had like, uh, dun, 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 that Nirvana um, tune. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was on. the best thing about the series, actually. The trailer. That, that, that the, the, the trailer was trailer. really good. Yeah, yeah, it made me want to watch it. That's, what, that's why it's okay us to be excited about a thing yeah. it's not okay for that thing to be really rubbish because we were misled I, 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 I thought the Punisher was going to be in this yeah I, uh, yeah I, I, there was one shot of someone waking up in a hospital bed I thought oh is that the Punisher um, but I've heard lots of different things I've heard about yeah. everything seems to be in flux I've heard the Punisher's going to have his own show yeah I've heard a well there's a tra- trailer at the end of it for the Punisher show Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, right at the um, end of the sh- uh, the series, they show a trailer for the Punisher. Okay. Well, oh, I'll have a look. Um, I also heard there was going to be an Electra TV series. Mm, that's uh, for... listeners, listeners. You can't see Azim's face, but trust me, it is correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that is the correct expression when hearing about an Electra TV show. The first question would be, why? Yeah. Why? Especially when, <clears throat> I remember this back in, um, uh, uh, when Buffy finished. Did you ever watch Buffy? Yeah. And Angel? Yep. Okay, so Buffy Series 7, we're not going to spoilers, this is like 20 years ago, <laughs> 15 years ago. Um, series 7, when it aired, the final episode, um, the way it was broadcast was that Spike, 
sacrifices himself with that necklace, kills all the vampires and turns to dust just before the final ad break of the episode. So when, when that finale of all of Buffy aired, it went, Spike's amazing sacrifice, now he's dead, <gasps> cut to adverts, like we've got to wait two minutes to find out what the aftermath of that is. In the adverts, Fox, or whoever it was, maybe Warner, WB, showed a trailer for series five of Angel that had Spike, the trailer, there was a shot in the trailer of Spike coming to life in Angel's office and going, oh, I'm back. <laughs> So they kind of completely ruined the effect of Spike's sacrifice, right. obviously, and the surprise of him came coming back. So that was a double whammy that they really massively undermined themselves. The reason I bring this up is announcing that there's going to be a series called Electra before we watch Electra die at the end of The Defenders is right. surely... What, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Right. How... How is there any tension in this now? Mm. And just in case, just in case we thought for a second one of our characters could actually have died, let's watch Matt, let's watch Matt Murdock wake up in the last shot of the series. Oh, spoilers. Okay. It's not spoilers. Oh, I'm getting angrier talking about it than I was before talking about uh, it. I've got one more question. One thing, the thing that confused me the most. Okay, spoilers again. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry. If they ran out of the juice... How did Bakado come back? I, I think that each finger maybe had his own last dose. Right. But, but Sigourney would have put the word out that they're all... Like, I think he was alive very shortly after Colleen killed him. Right, okay. Probably. Because they didn't know at the time that the hand was self-rejuvenating. But as long as they've got that storyline, they can just have any one of those guys come back at any point. The hand is so boring. Mm. Yeah, like in terms of crim, like I I I found um, Kingpin far more interesting. Oh yeah, Kingpin's a great character, and actually, there's a a really good podcast. Again, promoting other podcasts. Um, w. Kamal Bell and Kevin Avery host a podcast called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor in the world. Period. And they recently had Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Kingpin, on mm. as a guest to talk about his experiences with uh, Denzel in um, The Magnificent Seven. But obviously they got to talking about Men in Black uh, and, and, and um, Vincent D'Onofrio's other uh, classics like uh, Private Pile in, in that Kubrick film, Full Metal Jacket. Have you seen mm. that? Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, uh, when I kind of made that that link I saw that I was like mm. oh same what? dude same dude 35 yeah. years apart but um, he uh, he's amazing in this podcast I'd, I'd really recommend listening to him because it's, it's, it's Kingpin's voice mm. which is really scary mm. but telling kind of quite cool jokes and talking about how he played Kingpin and like he's got to have one of the better, coolest voices oh, yeah. he's up there with uh, uh, Sp- uh, what's his name James Spade James Spader. Spader. James Spader has a he's a he's got a sly, smooth, silky voice. He's yeah. like he's the kind of James Spader has the kind of voice where it doesn't matter what you look like, he's probably still gonna be very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, which is lucky. Um yeah. Alright, well let's let's not talk about defenders, let's talk about something good. Rick and Morty. Okay. We might have a A pickle rick! <laughs> pickle rick. I've 
got an admission to make. Oh, you don't like it. The last episode where Rick and... The, the last episode, the episode that I saw, I'm not really sure how many are out at any one time mm. or who's airing it where. And I'm just watching them through Netflix, which I know is a week later. Mm. Um, uh, but the last episode I saw was Rick and... Um, oh no, the dad character. Jerry. Jerry. Rick and Jerry going on their own little adventure. Mm. Uh, that was called The Whirly Dirty Conspiracy. The Dirty Conspiracy. That was the first episode of this season that had me laugh out loud. The first four episodes, I, I enjoyed watching them on the second viewing. I didn't, there was nothing, it was m- more clever than funny. Mm. And there was so much of this is what Rick's all about. And this is what family is all about. I feel this like, is what yeah. psychology is all about. And this is what philosophy is all about. There's so much of um, uh, 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 Dan Harmon mm. and not enough Justin Roiland, it feels like, in those first four episodes. But everything was okay when when Rick is riding on that ostrich type alien thing right and Jerry is in its pouch and its testicles are just slapping <laughs> against Jerry's head and Rick's going ah it's all about the journey Jerry <laughs> um, that was incredibly funny to me because Jerry being emasculated is hilarious mm. um, he's such a good character maybe that's it maybe I just missed him from the first four episodes my favourite bit of episode two was the loser. Yes. <laughs> like, I love Jerry. That's me. In any one of these sitcoms, particularly for some reason animated sitcoms, mm-hmm. the dad is, is, is the character who is so head and shoulders above everyone else in terms of comedy for me. Mm-hmm. Homer Simpson wipes the floor with every other Simpsons character, if mm-hmm. you ask me. Yeah. Um, he's hilarious. And Jerry, I just find so, so funny. So... Give me a different opinion, frankly. I want to be I want to be happier about this series than I am. I feel like I get what you're saying because it's. I feel like this is very much more about the story about you know things changing now because you one of the things I've really really noticed this season is how much Morty is kind of maturing. Hmm. Like there is the episode. Um, can't remember which episode it is where. Um, Summer, yeah, it's actually the Whirly Dirty con- conspiracy yeah. where Summer turns herself inside out, oh, yeah. and and Morty is talking to uh, Summer's ex boyfriend, mm. and he's you know doing the Godfather thing, yeah, yeah. kind of you know threatening him, and then you know subsequently you know turns him into um, a homunculus or something, yeah. but uh, that's indicative of his character throughout the series, mm. like he's he's becoming. I'm not. I'm not sure if he's becoming evil, Morty, or or anything like that. But like, there's so many theories going around. I don't know what's going to happen. But he's definitely growing up. And even in the latest episode, I don't know if you've seen it. It's um, uh, no, was it the latest episode? Yes, it was. Where they removed their toxins. I can't remember. No. Is there a sixth episode? I've only seen five episodes. Okay, the last the sixth. episode I saw was the Whirly Daily Conspiracy. Okay, so the sixth episode. Oh, damn it, it, sixth also, episode. it also goes into... Uh, it, it's, again, it's very, very much about the characters and how they're changing. <clears throat> um, so I feel like this whole series... I feel like the whole show is shifting okay. to that. But the thing is, if... If that's true, if that's what it's about, and if it's about an arc for a character, that's awesome. But it feels to me like each character is nothing more than a 
a cipher and like a voice box for Dan Hard. Because the number of speeches just in this series that Morty's had, not about changes, but about stop caring. Morty's thing this series is stop caring. Mm. Stop caring and everything will be fine. So it's not evil, unless Dan Harmon is saying apathy is evil, or not caring is the worst thing you can do. Mm. Or is he saying not caring is the best thing you can do? Or, like, like the French absurdist philosophers, who frankly have 200 years on Dan Harmon, so we don't need it repeated, but is he saying not to care is the only way of surviving? You can only get through the universe realistically if you, if you give up on emotion and ambition and realise that it's all pointless and ridiculous. It's, 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 a, it's, an, it's, a, it's a philosophy that's okay to have, I think. Um, it's not, probably not that healthy, socially, but it's okay to think that, but to repeat it over and over again in a comedy show, mm. I just find it a bit much, which is a shame. Rick and Morty, I would still say it's one of my favourite shows if anyone else, you know? Yeah. And when it is funny, it's flipping hilarious. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Even the uh, Pickle Rick episode, I loved what they did with it. Yeah. And, you know, they, they t- took it from from what every Iron Man at the start to changing it to one of those 90s action movies mm. to Die Hard. You yeah. know, I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. That is cool. I, I think the one little nugget of something that disappointed me on that one was like, I genuinely wanted to see how Rick as a pickle would escape a certain situation but then what they did was they edited it so it cuts to a different scene then cuts back to to Rick and he's manufactured a robot suit mm. for his pickle it's like okay yeah, of course I, Rick I, would do I, that I, that I, is I, Rick I, I, I they've done that joke loads it is a good joke and that is Rick but at the yeah. same time it's a bit lazy yeah. I don't it's think funny I, but lazy I don't think they will, they will ever do that actually reveal how he does something no no because no, it's, it's 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 his thing it's science as magic yeah like it's it's yeah no of course I, d- I didn't mean I wanted to see him um build a mech suit as a pickle I just wanted to like uh I wanted to see a simpler solution I don't know why it's a ridiculous thing to say what I wanted <laughs> to see out of a TV show I, I saw what they wrote mm. um it was good it's good. I think I just need to. It's been a year and a half, you know. Yeah. I think I just need to watch them calmer. Do you know what I mean? I need yeah. to. I need to calm down and watch them again. And go. It's fine. It's funny. It's good. I do love it. And they're so. I don't know how each episode feels like five minutes long. Yeah. So you could just watch them over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that kind of wraps up the TV thing, unless there's anything else you want to talk about? Anything else big happening in TV? At the no, I don't think so. I think that's it, really. Any, any zombie dragons you might want to chat oh, about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah! Oh, that! <laughs> <laughs> so, Game of Thrones just finished, season seven. Um, it's probably one of my favourite seasons so far. Uh, aside from, like, the first season, for example, the one that got me hooked, this has been the most... You know what? One of the things I didn't know I'd enjoy so much is fast travel. Game of Thrones now <laughs> has fast travel, which well, I can. love. <laughs> Once you open up all the territories, fast travel becomes available. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, it's such a shame, isn't it? The second you think to yourself, how long would it take a raven to fly from the wall to <laughs> Dragonstone? Um... 
That's the they, they must have been standing there for like three, four days. I, I like the idea that, yeah, yeah, at least. And that, and that little ice float, like the, the first, the hand just chucks a rock and ruins it all. That was brilliant. I laughed so hard at that. Mm. Yeah, it's great. But that whole thing is a caper. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest action scene, well, I suppose that there was the devastation of the first dragon attack mm. on, uh, on, on the Lannisters' men. Right, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. And Jamie attempting suicide we find out later yeah suicide by dragon but that whole business north of the wall is such a caper it's such nonsense I loved it yeah I loved it it's nothing but a heist yeah it's like let's get these five fan favourite characters together yeah. in fact the, 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 the criticism of this series generally has been that it's fan fiction it's, it's Game of Thrones fan fiction because <laughs> hey what if the hound and Jon Snow and, uh, and the, the hound and Tormund. Uh, yeah, right. It was brilliant. It was right. so good. It was. Yeah. It, Every it, it, single one of them had like, hey, these two are just going to have a little chat about this thing and they're going to be sorting things out and that's fine. Let's move on. So good. I loved it. So eventful. I don't care that that raven flew at the speed of light. Yeah. I. I, I great. Um, the whole thing facilitated a zombie dragon. Mm which facilitated what I guessed was going to be the ending of the series. I, I somehow knew the last shot of the series. I didn't know it was going to evolve a dragon, mm. but I somehow knew the last episode, the last shot of the series would be the wall coming down. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know, when I was watching that episode and during the meeting part, I genuinely didn't know what was going to happen. And I was really, really excited by that. I was like, what is actually going to happen? It's true. Where is this going to go? Mm. I, I, you know, I figured that the wall was going to come down and um, everyone was going to come, all the whites and stuff would come through. But apart from that, I didn't know what was going to happen in terms of alliances. I really liked that I didn't know. Literally anything could have happened. I was expecting a, a major character death out of that scene or out of somewhere in that sequence. Mm. Um, and and uh, the, the scene between um, Tyrion and Cersei, I thought yeah. was a really, really good scene. Yeah, it's great. Really nicely played and nice to see Tyrion this character this season has come back into being a, an, a good character again mm. he hasn't really done much the last few series in yeah. fact the last two series he's basically been just watching Daenerys yeah um, and he's been good at that but it's nice to see him get his let him sink his teeth into something juicy for the last few episodes yeah yeah it's, it's, it's and they're still playing a really good game with the audience they're still keeping it so that anything could happen I do wish Bran. Right, the three Stark, the three younger Stark children are annoying me a little bit. Mm. We talked about this already. Bran yeah. now, puberty seems to have hit him. He looks like all four of the Beatles in one. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and he talks in, in 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 nonsense slowly. What I really wish is that he'd direct that nonsense at the people who really need to hear about it. Mm. Like John and Danny. What do you think Daenerys' reaction is going to be to finding out that John is a Targaryen and the rightful heir to the throne? Is she going to go, oh, cool, it's yours, man? Ah, uh, I don't I, I genuinely don't know. I feel like she won't react well to it. No, that's it, isn't it? That's, that's where they've been quite clever with Daenerys. They have yeah. been setting her up as a good character, but someone who could at any point go whoa 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 hang on hang on what what's happening now no 
I'm, I'm having that, I'm throwing whatever happens. Um, but then, but the, but then the thing is, that's not that exciting because John is the type of character who'd be like, all right, you know, that would let her take the throne. He's oh, who would let her take the throne? Yes, yeah, yeah he would. So, well, again, so that kind of just kills it for me a bit. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I think I don't know that he would. He's honourable. They're all. It's about honour, isn't it? Mm. Cersei's the only one that doesn't have honour, and that's why she's so... But, but throughout the thing, he's always he's been like, I don't want the responsibility. I don't want to do this. I'll do it because I have to. Yeah. And so he would be king because he had to. Uh, no one abdicates from the Iron Throne. Yeah, I guess so. No, do you know what? You are right. The, the thing they've been playing for seven series is, is, is his uh, humility. Mm. And so for him to turn around and go, oh, me? Cool, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that is maybe a bit much. Um, but then <clears throat> it felt like they cut from Bran saying the stuff about Jon Snow to Jon and Daenerys having sex mm. to imply that that sex is somehow dangerous or shouldn't be happening. Like, they're related, aren't they? Yeah, she's his aunt. <laughs> Let's not talk about having sex with your aunt. Because that's messed. Uh, no, I feel like it was just like, hey, remember we do incest <laughs> in this show. Oh, I see. I, I don't know I thought it was a gen. It's okay. No, sorry, that was my Google now. <laughs> <laughs> um, my PlayStation is so annoying. It, it thinks every word is PlayStation. <laughs> Genuinely, <clears throat> it, it's 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 every every minute. Like it will it will lower the volume on the telly to go what sorry did you say playstation no we didn't you do realize there is a recording now in my google account that says remember this incest oh <laughs> no that's going to change your browsing history yeah. isn't it yeah. <laughs> oh no um oh no <laughs> that's what that does is it yeah. oh shoot um if that's what they were saying cool but at the same time that sounds like they're saying there's not a problem with it mm. And it's fine. Mm. Have sex with your aunt. Well, no, I, I don't actually think that's what they were getting. Yeah, I think they were getting that. Um, so they've fallen in love or whatever, but it's a problem because of this. And then Tyrion was there to compound that because he was looking on as you know this might not be good. This might not be good for things. That's what his was character. that what he was doing outside that door? He wasn't just yeah. I mean, he, he's he's. Um, Peter Dinklage has actually said that in a, oh, right. uh, in a uh, interview. Okay. He was like, he's concerned for what this means, uh, you know, for her How can it be a bad thing? It, it's, it can only be a bad thing for Daenerys. But like for everyone else, it's a good thing, surely. Well, in terms of, you know, the decisions that she's going to make and stuff, because she's, gonna, she's now in love with someone, decisions might change, or she might not listen to him. Or, you know. That's true. That's true. I mean, there's also the thing that... It's kind of irrelevant that he's a Targaryen and the rightful heir to the throne. Because the, Baratheons, the Baratheons threw out, overthrew the Targaryens. So either way, they've got to fight the Lannisters, who inherited it off the Baratheons. Mm. So, yeah, it's not like Jon can use that, can turn it to Cersei and go, oh, this is mine, by the way. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, one thing that really disappointed me was um, Uncle Benjamin. What, what was, was that like, about? Hey, look, 
Uncle Benjamin! <laughs> I haven't seen you in years. We could both ride this horse. <laughs> I was like, oh, so... And he so, had a cool weapon. I like that weapon. Like yeah. this basic a lantern. Yeah. Just swinging into people's heads. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for, for 90 seconds and then he's dead. Yeah. And um, uh, what's his face? Stop, finally stopped rowing. Uh, oh. Gendry. Yeah. Gendry. Yeah. I don't know why they brought him back. I don't know if it was, if, if it didn't really help the plot or anything. I mean, maybe because of his running ability. You know, maybe he's just got crazy stamina from all that rowing. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, right. That's it. Can <laughs> run four days apparently. <laughs> um, but he, uh, how? Uh, there's loads of characters like that. It feels like mm. they bring loads of people back to insert them into plot lines like that. North of the War Caper. Same reason that giant ginger guy is at Eastwatch. It is for no reason, other than that. There's a character the fans love present at a moment that's why that's happening mm. and that doesn't seem good enough Sam Tarling his storyline if you actually track it across the whole series it's, it's, it's ridiculous he has his little Harry Potter subplot going on and then he turns up and oh by the way I'm the expert of everything and I cure Jorah like seriously? you? alright and he still doesn't know his he doesn't know his father and brother are dead by yeah. dragon and therefore that he is head of the house Tarly mm. presumably what, 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 why why am I able to say any of that without him actually having affected the main plot at all let's see uh, th- th- do you know what like it is possible and I said this was lost in the last season it is still possible for Game of Thrones to wrap up everything really nicely if they really think about it and if they really listen to fans like for example if there is a moment in the final season where John is battling the White Walkers and he has to fight Benjen as a white that would just about make sense of Benjen turning up for that Deus Ex Machina moment north of the wall and then dying straight away. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They could take moments like that and be a bit clever with it and at least refer back to it and go, this is why we brought this character in. Gendry hopefully will do something. Mm. Please, please. Or else what's the what's the flipping point? I don't know. I like the eye patch guy's flaming sword. I want one of those. Yeah, that was really cool. Super sweet. That was really, really cool. So just turn it off by putting it in snow or water and then uh, light it. Presumably. Why didn't they make a fire? Because it would have melted their island. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, what would they have that's burned? That's actually a good point. What would they have burned? <laughs> True. <laughs> Let's melt these rocks. Um, I, how many red coats did they? Uh, red shirts did they have? Well, they didn't. They didn't have quite. They had. I imagine they bought supplies, right? They survived. Yeah. How many? Sorry. You know what? We should just ignore the logic of that. That point. It's not. I was talking more about the, illogical. the number of expendables they had on their team. I know, I was trying to count them. Oh no, is that one of the main guys? No, there's a shot of the five main guys for the next episode. Okay, so it's definitely just the the five main guys left. But the thing is... Oh no, another one's died, who's that? Oh no, it was a different guy. Okay, so there's still the five of them I could have swore there was a moment where they're all standing on the island, Mm -hmm. and it's just them. Yes. But then one of them dies. At least one. I think two or three die in that sequence. And you're like, oh no, who's left? Oh, all of them. 
Um, which is a shame. If the whole show had been like this, maybe it wouldn't have been as popular. I am enjoying this era of the series more because mm. things move along. And if that does mean the creators have had to take logical leaps, I don't know. I, when 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 I was I was famous amongst my friends for a bit as being a Star Wars apologist, mm. as if I could. If, if anyone who had any problem with the logic of any part of Star Wars, I would solve it <laughs> using logic from within the, the universe of Star Wars. Um, the big one was parsecs. Everyone has a problem with that. Um, the Millennium Falcon, is, Han Solo says when he first meet him, the Millennium Falcon is the only ship to run the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Yeah. And the problem everyone has with that is parsecs is a measure of distance. What he's showing off about is how good a navigation system his ship has. So he can do the Kessel Run in a shorter distance, a shorter number of jobs. Anyway, it's that kind of thing. I, I'm hoping you can do that for Game of Thrones, but I just suspect we won't be able to. I suspect the creators have just hurried it up too much. Mm. And I'm fine with it. It's much more fun this way. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'm not missing the sex scenes. I'm not missing the endless wrangling. I like a I bit miss of wrangling. I miss Elena. That was a really good... Uh, scene with her I you see Olena Tyrone oh she was great and what a yeah. great series of last lines as well yeah definitely I want her to know it was me um yeah yeah well done that was a lovely last scene yeah I didn't think I'd, I'd ever see Diana Rigg dropping a C-bomb on <laughs> telly but she did and it worked mm. <laughs> yeah oh Elena and I'm, I'm kind of glad that um the Arya Sansa um Little thing thing is ended. That was the most boring part of the season for me. Yes, the, 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 we had three scenes of Arya and Sansa stood on the battlements of Winterfell, not really getting on. And it wasn't nice because it was such, such a lesson by the writers of, of let's not give the audience what they want. Yeah. Everyone wanted the Stark kids to get together and for everything to be cool. Mm-hmm. And Sansa's like, oh, Arya, wicked. And Arya's like, oh, I'm a murderer now. She's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, Bran, wicked, hey, Bran, how you doing? I'm the three-eyed raven now. <laughs> Crying out loud, where's my family? <laughs> you're all back and you're crazy. Um, so it was, I, I love the fact that the series ended with Arya, and Arya, sorry, and Sansa, in cahoots, at least. We don't know if they're mates, but they're certainly working together, which is awesome, and they've so strengthened Sansa's position as Lady of Winterfell mm. as well. And it doesn't feel like she is going to have an ambition problem, like getting in the way of John or trying to take it away from John. Yeah. It really does feel unlike Lost, say, or other, other shows that were clearly revealed to be written as they were going along. Mm. This one does feel like they're putting everything in position yeah. in the final stretch. Everything is, everything is really I just I, I just feel like that took too long. It took way too long for that to happen. But I suppose they just needed to time it so that it happened at that specific moment, which is why they kind of stretched out mm. uh, swaths of it. But then we'll look, we will look back and, and none of it will be relevant. I suppose this is the, what the TV show is. I'm, I'm always thinking about the ending, but actually what happens along the way. Like the whole Battle of the Bastards thing. Mm. And that whole family that Jon Snow has to contend with and Sansa marries into and Reek, the Reek storyline. All of that, all of it could be cut out of the series and it would not make a difference to the overall story. 
Mm. Like any mention of that bastard, I can't remember his name. Um, uh, Bolton. Uh, Bolton. Ramsey yeah. Bolton. Ramsey Bolton. Bruce is his dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Boltons. After Bruce Bolton cuts or, or betrays the Starks at the Red Wedding, yeah. the Boltons have no real effect on the storyline. Like, Littlefinger rescues Jon Snow with the veil, mm. but that's irrelevant. Like, it's, it's all, doesn't, it doesn't affect what it is going to happen. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's a weird thing to think. Like, you'd want it to be cleverer than that somehow. You'd want it to have a, have a reason for existing. I don't, I don't know. All that to play for, we've got ages. 550 days until the next series. 550 days. Yeah, 18 months-ish. That's long. Long thing. Yeah. And we've got that same amount probably for the next Rick and Morty. We're about to come into a fallow. Unless you're into The Walking Dead, it's going to be a bit of a fallow time. Uh, I love I gave up walking, on Walking Dead. I actually did that. So many people did, but the yeah. last series was good. Yeah? Mm. Last series is the best series so far. Easily. Okay. I'd, I'd start actually halfway through the penultimate series because there's some great stuff there as well I, I um, I've watched up until I think the last episode I watched was uh, I forget her name but she found a colony of all females oh okay that's quite recent yeah uh, see, see front yeah that, that that's that, that was the first sign that they're going towards what the comics are doing which is setting up lots of different communities and having a, 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 a bigger thing going on. Mm. Um, I can see why you might have ducked out at that point. Because it was like... Again, it's this, it's this weird thing. TV used to be about giving the audience what they want. And now the trend is very much not to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I, I'm just tired of seeing Rick being beaten down. Right. We don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. We, we seeing if we're going to watch the defenders, what we want is for the four of them to get on well, and you know, our, 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 in our heart, what we'd want out of the defenders is these four guys to work really well together, to have banter and antagonism with jokes, but to fight really well together and choose to continue to work well together. And the writers couldn't give us any of that. With Game of Thrones, what we want is the the Stark kids to get together and have a party, and obviously that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we all the things we want. American drama writers seem intent on going, nah, opposite. Which is. I'm not sure I how much. I did actually watch also that. American Gods. Oh, what do you think? I thought it was brilliant. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, did you read the book? I. No, I, I listened to the audiobook. Okay. Who reads yeah. it? Sorry? Who reads it? Um, I think it's uh, multiple actors. Okay, that makes sense. I can't remember who, though. But it is multiple actors, so it's I, I, good. I loved American Gods. Yeah. I loved uh, Anansi Boys as well. Have you heard of that? No. The character Anansi um, in American Gods, basically, she's got her own spin-off book. By the oh, end. okay. It's really good. It, it's, not, it's not as good as American Gods, but it's, yeah. it's great. It's really good. But the TV show's good. Yeah, TV show's The images in this trailer look incredible. Yeah. And I did watch another episode of Preacher, but I, I, I still... Me too. One episode, I was yeah. like, oh, I can't, I can't do it. It's not like it's not that I hate it or anything. It's just I'm not being pulled into it. Mm. I'm still a bit like, uh, okay, you it's know. a bit too cool. Mm. 
is a bit too cool for its own good somehow. It's like so intent on being cool and quirky that it's not actually fun. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, it's exciting times though. I'm yeah. kind of I, I do feel a lot calmer when Game of Thrones finishes. Do you know what I mean? Like when a series ends, I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I don't have to be no, horrible. I I, I feel the opposite. I feel really sad because I'm like I have to wait for ages <laughs> to see more, and then once it ends, I'm gonna be really sad. Mm. They better announce something really good before that. Well, unfortunately. The makers, Big Head, Little Head, what are their names? The two main guys. Benioff. Mm. Benioff and Weiss. D.B. Weiss and David Benioff. Something like that. But they, they, they've, they're, they're onto them. They are developing their new show right now. Oh, I didn't mean them in particular. I meant something. Oh, something. Is he, someone in Tellyland needs to make something exactly. big. Something exactly. big. Maybe not fantasy. Maybe we need a really good sci-fi. Yeah. Maybe there are really good sci-fi's being made that we just haven't watched. Well, I tried watching The Expanse. It's amazing, it's like we have the same mind. I, I tried watching The Expanse as well. Looks good, but the acting can't... Acting's terrible. Can't, can't do it. Yeah. Um, Dog Matter is another one where the acting was really, really bad. Really? Yeah. Will Kirby, uh, a friend of the show, um, said... Uh, there's three seasons of that, isn't there? He says by season three, that's a lot to wade through, but by yeah. season three it's amazing. Okay. But that means what? That's not I fair. I have to watch three exactly, seasons. Exactly, that's... Yeah. It's too many, it's yeah. too much. It's too much, that's days of our lives. Well, you know what is exciting? There's loads of good games coming out in the next couple of months. So I think our next episode, I'm going to have loads of games that I've played. Okay. And I'll be able to talk for three hours. That's three good. hours long podcast. Because I've done, I've done, <laughs> I've done most of the talk in this one, which is why we're going to have to keep it short. But okay, let's duck out of boss mode until the yeah. next time. Nice one, man. That's it's good right. to see you. Good to see you. Bye, bye, audience. Bye. bye.